Welcome, welcome, welcome to Planning Face Syndicate, episode 103, The Pride of Mandalore Review, and Nickel City League Season 3 Review. Welcome. Joining us tonight will be some special guests, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But we're going to be covering, I don't know, a whole smattering of things. Um, essentially, we are going to be talking about Nickel City Season 3 League. What was successful? What Greg is going to change to make sure that I go 10-0 next season? And we're going to be talking with the two captains that showed down in the finals and get their take on the league. We're also got three store champs we're going to cover tonight. Um, nothing super special, but they had a couple of lists that were unique, and I wanted to kind of go through some of those. With that being said, lastly, we're going to follow up with having a conversation about the pan <laughs> the Pando. The Pride of Mandalore store champ kit, because um, it's not really a store champ, but it, it is some sort of a store kit. So I don't know if there's a ticket inside, but JJ has the inside scoop as he is preparing to get his win in a couple of weeks. With that being said, let's bring absolutely everybody in. And yes, it is a big panel tonight. Please welcome JJ Giants still suck and always will. Gridiron. How are you doing What's going tonight, on, everybody? Sir? Yeah. Uh, still recovering. For those who don't know, I had a uh, work accident early last week um, that uh, that hurt me pretty bad. I'm still recovering through it, but thankfully I'm here uh, tonight uh, being able to speak with all these wonderful gentlemen and uh, excited to, to go through some, uh, some X-Wing. Joining us also is Alex, the bench warmer. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. Then we have Greg, Captain Greg, the confidant, the owner, the proprietor of Nickel City. How are you tonight, sir? I don't know if it counts as owning it. <laughs> you own it. Own Somebody it? owns it. <laughs> I don't think it's the thing. I think I have to make it like an LLC. <laughs> then... We have the runner-up Team CFIS Team Captain Andrew. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great. That's it, just great. No Corgi reference, nothing, nothing. Shout out to the Queen, nothing. At some point, Mr. Whale will come barking uh, during the middle of the show. <laughs> and when that happens, everyone will hear it. <laughs> and then the three and O Team Captain Havoc Crispy here to have a conversation about how much money he paid Greg to ensure his team has won all three seasons. Tanner, you know I can't afford that. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Maybe you can. We don't know. We don't know what you do on the side. Maybe you guys have like a special hustle that you guys do down in Florida. Nickel City OnlyFans, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, Greg didn't know you had a ponytail, so, I mean, maybe you let your hair down uh, on the yeah. seat behind the scenes, so. They want to see your alt arts, man. They want to see the alt arts. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. Thank you all for joining us tonight. It is a busier cast, but we thought it would be fun to have on uh, Greg and the captains to kind of talk a little bit about Nickel City League. Uh, give us kind of pumped uh, because Greg decided he's going to start the new season next week, if you didn't know. Um, just kidding. Um, but <laughs> we want to talk a little bit about why Nickel City League has kind of been... Um, a precipice and do talk a little bit about um community building because i feel that 
Greg has worked very hard to build a community of like-minded people. That's a pretty open community where uh, lots of people are accepted and only people that are pieces of shit are rejected. So, um, I've only ever had to ban one person. <laughs> who was so, that? I don't Who'd you ban? It was, he's actually a local in Buffalo, which fun, but you just, uh, said some things that were pretty racist. So, you know, ah, uh, yes, I remember. Yeah, that. that'll do it. Yeah. yeah. The second you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Man, that almost yeah. predate me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't care if you're a conservative. We we let conservatives play X-Wing like it's not like a a thing. Well, when you, when you start exposing some views that are less conservative and more, I don't know, fascist, yeah, we pull the plug. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Either which way, thank you all for joining us tonight. I want to wish everybody a happy Pride Month. I know I'm a week late. It technically started 11 days ago. But uh, happy Pride Month. And um, to kind of celebrate a little bit of that, I decided to dedicate the episode to uh, Dr. Afra, who is my favorite character um, that should get her own movie. Really, she should have her own movie, in my opinion. But that's a whole different conversation that we can have later. What I want to do before we kind of get into the Nick of City League is we've all been playing some lists. We've all been playing a bunch of X-Wing, at least uh, most of us have. Uh, I don't know about JJ, but everybody else has been playing quite a bit of X-Wing. What I want to do is let's go around and say, who's our new favorite pilot? There we go. So who, who have you been flying lately and who's your favorite pilot? And we're going to start with Alex. How are you? Oh boy, <laughs> new pilot. Uh, I don't well, really flying new. Pilots. The sense of the points have changed. I mean, it could still be the same one you fly all the time, but yeah, I'm I've been new. flying Merle a lot more now than I have because Finn is no longer three points, so I slotted in Merle. And for some reason, people keep bullseyeing him all the time. And that's really bad. <laughs> on, that's really bad on their behalf. They keep running into him and getting and they're bullseyeing him, and then you one round Luke because he has one agility. Yeah, but also fuck Finn, so even trade. <laughs> Finn is dead. Finn is dead. Hooray. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it's been um, it's been a mix between Merrick Steele, um, particularly because you could put afterburners on him with dead, uh, dead eye shot and marksman. Uh, <clears throat> and then sent back um, in the uh, in the separatist. Those are the two I've been playing around with a lot. Uh, Merrick still, if you're able to get a lot of uh, other shots ahead of him and have him be the last I five to shoot. Um, if you have that bullseye lined up, you can essentially generate a crit, uh, spend it, flip over a card, then uh, do another crit with the ATC, assuming you have a lock on that person. And then if that hit goes through, um, you can uh, choose three more crits, choose whatever the best one is, and assign it over. Uh, Merrick can make things explode. So that's good. Very cool. Greg, who's who's your new favorite pilot since the points change? Well, I was going to say Fen Rao Scum, because welcome back, buddy. Thank but you. I think it's got to be Bosk in the Z. Ends up in all of my scum lists. <laughs> Marksmanship and dead man's. Yeah. That's kind of hard to pass up to. A, a two-point boss that could just start s splitting everything. Seems pretty good I to me. I-4 
pretty good on objectives. You get that crit through, you get the uh get the split for two points. Name a better two pointer. BB eight. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's like three other ones. BB eight sucks. All I, I I I have suck. boss I have Bosk in the top three for three pointers. I think BB eight and Iron Assembler are just flat out better than them. And Sabine. Iron Assembler is actually better than them. Name two chips that are better at two points. I I, I like Sabine a lot, but <laughs> Sabine, but he's Sabine's three. No, no Tie Fighter. Oh, Tie Fighter Sabine. Oh, what? No one two. flies it. No one's fly on it yet. Everyone flies it. Everyone has been no flying. <laughs> not one person. Not one person. Okay. Am I not a okay, person Greg. to you, Greg? Okay, Greg. Yes. <laughs> First off, you're not. Uh, second, fair, fair. <laughs> Not once. We haven't seen one Sabine tie on stream. All right. How about Andrew? Who who's your new favorite pilot to fly right now? Well, it's Sabine Tie Fighter, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have been flying a lot of Sabine Tie Fighter. Uh by the time I started playing X Wing, Supernatural Reflexes was Carney already on like the band hammer, you know. Uh, at that point, AMG had already said, you know, the style changing stuff's going away. A lot of tournaments already banned it. So I hadn't gotten to play it before. And now that I'm playing it, I'm uh, I'm glad it's not really available. Anyone you can see why it was banned. <laughs> it's just really, it's really obnoxious and stupid. Uh, and yes, I can block you four turns in a row if I want to <laughs> very easily. Oh, also, just because a, a lot of people are flying this one. But I am also hyped. I'm excited. I, I like that the bombers have returned. Yeah. I'm not maybe not thrilled with the fact that everyone's done barrage rocket saturation salvo, but I'm still happy the bombers are back. All right, crispy, you're up. Uh so right now, I mean, my old favorite is Wrath, just because he's uh that good and like funny enough uh he actually got sort of nerfed in this update but he still can hang with all the other five pointers in the faction which is really fun um Your sun fact just get it out but no, okay i'm getting it i'm getting to my cis ship <laughs> uh, it's actually dgs 047 um because yeah. now you uh i've seen what three-point coordinators can do for other factions and i believe this is the first time that cis gets something along the lines of that because you can put hondo on them and Hondo MP has got to be one of my favorite ships ever. Like, like what he does to this faction, what he enables some of these ships to do, like double modding Sun Fac um, as he dives into those shots. Um, in the uh, in the in my finals match against Mark Robert, I did some pretty ridiculous stuff uh, with that that HMP and Dirge, which I've. Yeah, I've I, I figured how to out how to do that and now I've that's been like one of my go-to tricks for CIS. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I want to yeah. take mark. <laughs> I say I remember when I suggested that and everybody gave me shit for it. And then but I yeah, flew it I, twice. I like I flew it a couple times and went, you know what? You know what Sunfact needs? A coordinator. And then, like, Sunfact is unkillable. Just given someone a coordinator, isn't that your entire shtick? Is oh, let me take this good ship and give it a coordinator. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I ran Scum. Was like it's like every Scum list starts with gimmicky. 
every single scum list starts with gamut key. Every single first order list starts with getting asked. Um, and now we generally haven't had a coordinator for like super cheap um, in CIS. I think like like you could put Hondo on an HMP, but it would be four. Um, and then back then, even though like that was eating most of your loadout. Um, so being able to specifically like get an extra squad point in there with some of your other power pieces that came down, you can make some pretty, pretty nasty lists that have a lot of good control elements to it. And Hondo, I'm sure works really well with independent calculations. Just eat up one calculate instead of, you know, losing the full everything. Yep. Like yep. there will always be someone to jam on your team. Yeah, so here, here's here's the, here's the official quote from Crispy. I sent him a list. So it's like pretty late at night. Okay. I don't hate it. Is Hondo seriously worth it here? Who's getting the coordinate? That's that's literally. Well, okay, what's the context of the list? <laughs> Hold on, I'm finding that right now. You cannot pull receipts on me. I can because I was the one that I'm introduced you to, to right Hondo. now. I am finding that. <clears throat> It's okay. it was so my it was my what I did is I took my worlds list sub Django out for Zam, then added um got rid of the bomber and added the HMP. Okay, now, yeah. Who? Okay, are you coordinating Zam every turn? She doesn't need tokens. She's got a million. Dirge. It you was Dirge. But it was Dirge. Okay, it, it was Dirge. Sure. But we I switched it up and got rid of Zam and went to Sunfac and because my which will lead into my favorite pilot is now Reroll Man, um T eighty one. So I don't care. I'll tell you, like, people literally will look at that ship and they either know that they have to point two or three ships at it at one time or they're going to get run over. Like, I literally had a guy chase one ship, chase D, <laughs> chase him around. Just seriously, just the whole the whole ship did nothing but chase him around and he lived. And if he had died, I would have lost, but he just lived the whole time. And it was just like, sorry, you know, I could still it's it's like the Finn bullshit, right? I get to roll the two green dice no matter what, every time, and I'll just take strains and roll two dice no matter what, every single time. So yeah, Funny reroll, man, makes running fun. Normally when you're running with a ship, it's like anxiety-inducing and not fun. You're just like, oh, I'm going to three bank or three hard and hope I don't get shot. But with funny reroll, man, it's a big joke. Like, it's all very funny because you just do bullshit every single turn. Yep. Correct. Like, I, I once the only, it, it sucked because I was playing Sean in our last third chance and I one-hearted because I was stressed kept you know the strain and the deplete had boost and fucking range one outmaneuvered and then i forgot boost can boost so it's like oh that's right now, another did... two-pointer that's better than bosk <laughs> oh. <laughs> um so anyway so i thought that i don't know it, it seemed fun like it's kind of it's funny to see, or fun to see what people are running now that's new comparatively um we spent the last couple episodes going over lists um some sort of champ stuff and I wanted to take a tiny bit of a break from that this week and have some people on and kind of talk about community building because as much as Greg likes to kind of just shrug some of that off, Greg has done a very good job at building up a community and a league um, that has people coming back every time. So Greg, tell us a little bit about your Nickel City League, why you wanted it, and how much Crispy has paid you to win three <laughs> seasons in a row. Okay, well... Crispy's too poor to pay me. What Crispy does is he bribes the other captains with McDonald's food. And personally, I, at this point, blame the other captains. 
Like, at least hold out for Arby's. Make him spend something. Like, Arby's. Just any, like... Ugh, you get it. Anyway. Uh, why did I want to start the league? Fuck. What was I thinking? You know what I was thinking? I was thinking it's such a pain in the ass to book stream nights. That if I had something where they had to play anyway... It would probably be less annoying to book stream nights. And then it just became doubly annoying because they had to play, but also it, I gave them a whole week. I should have made it Tuesdays and Thursdays only <laughs> when you're allowed to play. Uh, no, I just wanted a league of my own. You know, like everyone kind of had their thing at the time. You know, GSP had their stuff. Uh, Hexiled had um, whatever that tournament is, Kyber, yeah, Kyber, Kyber Cup. Uh, we didn't really have anything at Nickel City, we just kind of we've always been like the third, the third stream, like the uh, oh, maybe this sounds stupid, but the alternative stream to like the big two, and but we didn't have anything. I was like, well. This is going to be work for me, but if there's something here, then maybe that'll uh, keep people around and give people who actually really enjoy the alternative stream something to latch on to, other than just, you know, talking shit in the Discord every now and again. Um, I did not think it was going to, I literally thought season one was 20 people. And I thought it was going to be like 20 to 30 forever. And now there's 90 and I don't have enough envelopes. <laughs> so Greg, um, in, in your, in your mind, like going forward, if you, if you see this expanding, you know, uh, season after season, um, I, I honestly thought it was going to retract after this season. I thought it was going to go down. <laughs> So what do you think in your mind that uh, like a number of players where all of a sudden it becomes uh, like too hard to like manage? What, what do you think? There's no number. If it, if it ever got to the point where I can't actually do it myself, then I would just create a website where you input games and stuff on that instead to lower the burden on me and it would update to like a SQL database. And then I just pull everything from the SQL database. It'd be easy peasy. But like, we should do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's fun. so much. That's so much work for something that I can just do on my own. Uh, but I, I would just ask someone to help me. Like, I don't. First off, I just I just don't see it continually growing at the pace it's growing. It's already going to slow down because like you can't. It was doubling basically every season, but you can't like that just doesn't work. There's not enough people to do that indefinitely. So like the pace, it's already going to slow down on. And then, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, there, there's no. If for tomorrow we ended up with 200 people, I would just step back, freak out for a minute and then ask for some help and get it done anyway. Well, awesome. 
<clears throat> well, we thank you very much for the the league. I will say I have it has given me a substantial place and the format of it is outside of when we could play banned uh cards. That sucked. Um having to face <laughs> off against Sloan more than one time was not fun. What do you mean? Time, yeah, you mean? yeah. So that that was not the best, but Greg we we have Greg has changed the league so that um we can't play certain band cards anymore. So that is nice. Maybe maybe I, you should I, throw I, in you should throw in supernatural reflexes to whatever team is on the bottom <laughs> after halfway through the season. Like here's a free supernatural reflexes reflex for each of your teams. Figure it out. Oh, no. <laughs> you oh, could already on. do that. It's called flying five eightas. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> get Desi on. Draft Desi. Um, all right. So why don't we talk a little bit about the season? We'll, we'll get into some of the results here in a minute. And so we brought on Crispy from Team Havoc. And Andrew, are, are you officially named Andrew, or did you have to like change your name after Worlds? No, I'm I'm back to Andrew because I finished 69th, which Greg okay. decreed. So for the for the viewers at home, there's the Andrew Bowl at every major tournament, in which the collective group of players whose names are Andrew, which there are always a lot, compete to have their name stay Andrew. And top yeah. finisher is Andrew. Then there's some Andys in the middle, and whoever finishes last is Drew. Because that's a very shameful name. Uh, and at Worlds, I finished 69th in the LCQ, which Greg, as our emperor of the Drew Bowl, decided to count as first. So I've elevated myself from Drew to Andrew, one big step uh, from this one event where I did not make the next yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> but, six, but still, 68th would have been a Drew. Agreed. 69th, you're an Andrew. Yes. <laughs> well, tell us. So, so, so you. <laughs> Your team, your team kind of had, a, 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 we'll call it the crispy effect. Is that what we get to call it? Where you, you kind of submarine and then come all the way back to try to win it at the very end. And if you don't know, crispy went Owen to at Worlds and then won eight straight games after that. Um, so just miscut by one person. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Um, so Andrew, what, what, what changed? Did you have like a different strategy? Did anything different happen that you, you did differently or did you just kind of take every week and say, fuck the world? Yeah. What happened in week three? Um, I mean, I don't know, you know, I think a lot of it's on the players just getting the wins they needed to, um, the, the faction, uh, change helped a lot. So halfway through the season, captains have an option to switch every faction. So in, in the base format of the league. Every player is locked into a faction. They pick a new list for every single week or the same list if they want. We switched factions after this season and our results picked up and continue to pick up. I got a few players in the factions and got them in the list that they were more comfortable with. Um, and they just rattled off a lot of wins. Uh, a couple of my players, uh, Mark and Vince and Dan, who all three of whom I think lost the first three weeks, then rattled off five or six wins apiece. And again, part of that was faction switch. Part of that was just them putting the team on their back and uh, getting a lot of wins. And then Crispy, your team, your, your team finished seventh out of all of them. And essentially Correct. you were on the bottom tail end and somehow you managed to come back and win the finals. I believe four to one. It was four to one, right? 
four to one. Yep. Yeah. So, so how did, did, did you guys, the strategy change? Was it just a luck thing? Um, so we started Owen three, which is not a good place to be. Um, but in our division, it was, it, we were, it was very nice because it was very competitive. Um, like every single team had a chance to make the playoffs and had a way to do it. So there was a lot of chaos up at the top where certain teams, you know, like if they just kept winning, they were fine, but they ended up losing. Um, and then in week four, my first round pick started winning games, um, which, uh, which definitely helps when you, you know, when you trade with V team to get V team's first overall pick, uh, sorry, no, uh, first round, third overall pick. Uh, and then that player goes zero and three for the first three weeks. Um, so once, you know, we kind of got that under, we got, we got that swept away. Um, we started doing well. Uh, we got 10 swept by Punishers in the regular season. Uh, also did not help. Um, and then we ended up sneaking, I think, third in our division. Um, we played a good Mega Milk team um, into the playoffs. Uh, we beat them 3-2. And then we swept Punishers back uh, 3-0. And then we went and played Corgis. So uh, very, very hard fought. We overcame a lot. Um, and it's just, it just, we, we kept grinding. We, we kept grinding, basically. A um, lot, lot of good matchups. I'm very happy with, uh, you know, the matchups that I made for all of our games. And even then there are some, there are some times where we were away, like we were the away team and the matchups were, you know, very good for us. Um like I think specifically against the Punishers, where you know they they swept us in the earlier season when they had good matchups that they knew, and they gave completely different matchups, and we were able to sweep them back. Well, fun. Well, let's flip over, and we can look at a little bit of the the statistics here. As you can see, we have the order. Team Endgame came in uh, 10th place, and we're going to blame JJ for that because we can. Um, out of everybody else. So, CFIS. So, these were, Greg, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think these are the finals that are the numbers before playoffs, correct? Yeah, these don't have playoffs in them. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I didn't think you added playoff numbers specifically, but I didn't know. I couldn't remember. No, I don't really keep stats for the playoffs it's about the team it's about the team <laughs> um so there's kind of the point uh i will give kudos to kdb because they had 666 points um total for the season and i say greg should have given them an immediate um buy into the playoffs just for the points numbers um anything to make anybody else feel uncomfortable i love that number um, but, uh, you can kind of see some of the standings, uh, there's, we are separated into two different divisions. Um, and yeah, so moving on to the finals, this is kind of the, the final numbers for the week. Um, as you can see, I believe Havoc swept CFIS the first three games, correct? The, the final game was the only one that you, that Andrew, that your team won, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was the first or the last, so. And then you didn't play that week, 
Um, is there a reason you didn't play that week? Uh, yeah, a, a bunch of reasons. Um, I think for me, really, there's no, like, there's nothing to win. And in the in the finals of the league, my team would have probably had a higher chance of winning had I played. Like, I finished, I don't know, six and two or something regular season, like one of the top players. I was playing very well. Um, but I felt like my team earned the opportunity. Uh, my two last draft picks were two of like the top five players in terms of like how well they finished in the standings compared to how well they were drafted. They're both draft. They both finished like 15 spots above where they were drafted, which is pretty spectacular. Um, and I think they both finished five and three. And one of the two of them was was probably the correct person to bench if I wanted to win. But but I felt like my all the five players on my team deserved to play because all of them played so well in the regular season that I just wanted to let them have it. You know, it was like, for me, it was, it was not about winning. There's no stakes. There's no prize. Um, they played well. They were fabulous to have. We had a great season. So I thought they should play. Awesome. Crispy, what was your your thoughts going into the final week? Besides um, Chris Jenner. All right. <laughs> all right. So let's address this once and for all. Chris Jenner, Havoc's MVP for the season, our MVP candidate, um, was unable to play that week. Simple as that. And I think that we had a really – really good opportunity to show that havoc is more than just at star players. It is the entire roster. Um, and by entire roster, that includes me, Ollie Pocknell and Matt Carey and optics and Chris Molly. Um, so we put up a very, very good show. Uh, I had a lot of, you know, matchups for a lot of these guys planned out. Um, you know, we sort of understood by this point what we were good into, what we weren't. Um, we didn't do a faction swap throughout the season. So we had gotten pretty good with, you know, what we had been flying points change. We were doing just fine. Um, and then we opened it up with an amazing first game optics into Dan, um, you know, huge, huge energy to open up the series. Um, and then from there we just carried that momentum. Well, awesome. Well, Greg, <clears throat> I still, again, want to congratulate you on running a very fine league. Um, again, to me, this it's all about the fun, right? Like, I don't think there is any, any, I have not had any more fun playing in an, any online leagues than I did this one. Like, everything else is, has been fun, but this has been immensely fun. And the team atmosphere, to me, is kind of what sets this league apart. Um yeah. I like the ability, the the fact that we get teams, um, and I like the ability that uh, it, it it has given me practice mates. How about that? Uh, before it was me practicing with people at my locals online, and after a while, you kind of get into that little you know funk where you're playing against certain people. You know how they play, they know how you play, and it's not as much of a challenge. Your your league has opened up the opportunity for people to play. And I will say with the league being very inclusive, it was nice um, that we were able to uh, recruit some players. Um, there's some people from our locals that play in your league now. Um, 
and stuff like that. So it's kind of neat seeing a lot of familiar Crispy's faces online. Yeah, Crispy's whole family. Yeah, I didn't even know Crispy's whole <laughs> family true. even played X Wing. Uh, uh, I, literally, I, I, I wrote all of them. I roped the entire family into X Wing, except for my mother. We're still working on her. Um, <laughs> and we will get Crispy's mom in this league. Exactly. And I, ha- I have to ask. So, Crispy, you go by Crispy mm-hmm. probably because there's a million of us Chris's, but your father does not call you Crispy. And I had to play your father. I don't know. It was like two weeks before the end or something like that. And he kept saying Christopher. And it's just, I'm sitting here in my head. I'm like, well, that's my name. Like, fuck, what are you talking <laughs> yep. to me about? Yep. And then I, feel, you know, I re- realized he's not talking about me because we've never, I've never met your father ever. <laughs> so like, like, it's obviously not fucking me. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. My parents are like the only two people in the world. I think I was like, like my grandparents that like the only people that I talk to on a regular basis that don't call me Chris or Crispy. They are strictly Christopher and nothing else. Um, and it is like, like that. That's just my parents, you know. Um, it's like it's not like a big deal or anything. Like I'm not gonna like get upset with them for calling me Christopher because that's what I've been called for my entire life. But you know, when I'm on here and I've got sort of. I, I don't want to say a reputation, but like it feels like. Sure. All right. Don't feel my ego. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's just very jarring to hear it every now and then. Well, it's funny because in my professional life, I've always pushed people to use Christopher. And it's because everybody says Chris. But when you say they, they go, well, would you prefer this or that? And it's like, well, I prefer Christopher because then they have to repeat it. And then they remember your name, whether that's good or bad depending on the company you work for. Um, but it has done very well for me. People remember my name. And it was funny. I have uh, the one the, for the last company I, or the company I'm currently with my boss. Like I made a point about that to my boss and he, you to this day, two years later, he still uses it in every team meeting. And I finally like had to tell him, I was like, you don't, you don't have to say that anymore. If you guys don't know who the fuck I am now, then, like, just <laughs> fire me or transfer me. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I well, call anybody, you Tanner. What's that? You call me I Tanner. Call you Tanner. Well, and that's that's it's kind of like the crispy thing. It's my preferred online handle is Tanner. It's just and and it, it all that all stems from uh, growing up with a million Christophers. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's you, Greg. We can see you. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know if you are doing something we don't want to know about. Twizzlers, baby. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's grading. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Jeez. Welcome to Planning Face Syndicate grading S- AMSNR or whatever the hell they call it. ASMR. ANSMR. Yeah, I don't know what that stands for. NASCAR. All right. Well, thank you all. Is, Greg, do you have anything else you want to say about the league? Um, maybe push it so that people know when season four starts and all of that fancy jazz if they want to sign up. Uh, season four signups are now. They're happening right now. Um, and the league is going to start in the middle of August, end of August. It's kind of going to be the player draft. Like I think the 23rd is what it's scheduled for right now. We got a lot of work to do. We're at 90 signups right now. I'm hoping for at least 96 to 
to get us 16 teams because 15 teams is an absolute nightmare to do so. Will you still do just two conferences between the 16 teams? 16 teams are going to be two conferences, four divisions. Nice. So each okay. conference will have two divisions and then there'll be interdivisional play. Nice. In the conference. Like it. Well, cool. So JJ will post that link in the Discord as well as in our Twitch chat, and we'll have it added into our links in all of our shareable material later. Well, guys, thank you all. Um, you're welcome to stick around for the rest of the episode. You don't have to go anywhere. We are going to cover some store champs and some Pride of Mandalore, so if you want to stick around, we will be doing that next. Um, speaking of store champs, JJ, have you guys set your our planning phase syndicate showdown to store champ date yet? Not yet, no. Uh, just because we're waiting for more of those uh, those awesome cards that we're going to do uh, for our patrons. We want to make sure that we have a couple of those to give away uh, for the store champ that we're going to host. Uh, so as soon as we get a little more information for that, then we can set a date for us. It'll be held over at the Atomic Empire uh, here in, uh, in Durham, North Carolina. Um, probably around september but we'll see just depending on how everything uh shapes up all right well cool well i hopefully we'll be having that soon and hopefully we will be able to um you'll be you'll be able to join us and um support that store i don't know andrew you live down there too don't you you I live in Atlanta, so yeah. no, Durham okay. is is like five or six hours, <laughs> okay. which honestly, like, that's a week. Like, I I do that at least once a year up to that area. Um, so so we'll see if we can get that done. There you go. All right. Well, why don't we flip over and look at some store champ lists uh, here? We will start with Curio Cav Ca Curio Curio Cavern in Virginia. And Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about the top list there from the Rebel Alliance? Okay. It does look like Duncan won this, but since he already won a Star Champ, it went down to Chaffee, who came in second there. Uh, his list, <clears throat> Rebels, it had on Solo. I'm sure you'll be seeing him a lot in the Star Champ season. He had a uh, Trickshot, Bistan, Perceptive Copilot in the title. Boy Luke, that other person you'll see a lot. Wedge with Marksmanship and Predator, also another ship you'll see a lot. Keo with Rockets. And Sabine with Baskar Reinforced Plating. That list pops up a lot everywhere at multiple store champs. It's a very balanced list and can hit pretty hard. So here's a question for you guys. Um, do you think that Elusive has lost its value at four points over Predator at three points? Yes. I think it you think offensive mods. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of like in between, right? Because there's certain instances where, like, you know, you, you're looking at a, at a ship that has an odd number of loadout points. And you kind of always want to maximize as much as you can. And when you look at Wedge having five loadout points, you know, I, I always hesitate, you know, between Predator and Elusive just because I don't want to lose that extra point. Um, so I, I'm, I'm always curious to see, like, if you prioritize having the passive mods with Predator or having a defensive mod uh, with Elusive. I'm on Team Marksmanship Crackshot for A-Wing Wedge, but 
Predator ain't too bad either. Yeah, I think you just take Crash Shot. I also don't think that wedge is very good. Like the, ri- the list is good, but the wedge is the weakest part by far, I think. And I don't know, just take Crash Shot. Like take a damage at some point, and he's gonna die. Who cares? He's useless. Yeah. Um. I I am a fan. I'm generally a fan of Predator over Crack Shot for most instances. But for this particular case, I think I would take Crack Shot just because you're not really planning on longevity for Wedge. Um, you're not going to get multiple, like, multiple instances of Predator because, honestly, your opponent's probably going to try to kill Wedge fairly quickly because that's a ship in your list that can die quickly and at I-4 can be be caught by a lot of enemy ships all you got to do is line up that bullseye once get the crack shot like spend it do it a good use of loadout and then you can die happy meanwhile if you try going after predator and you know it doesn't work then you're you know sure you're lining up the bullseye so the crack shot would have been useful anyway um but the predator really only becomes better than crack shot if you're using it like close to three or four times a day um so, yeah, there's a lot of I four and I fives. There are I fives and I sixes out there. There's one I four in every list, basically. Which, if you get lucky and wedge, you can line up that crack shot. But there's a lot of I fives and I sixes, and a lot of them could reposition. So you can just not be is, in wedges bullseye pretty easily. Is, Let's look at shot by him, which is annoying. But is there like another ship you would take instead of wedge? Then maybe hall. Yeah, I, I wanna, but I still like Wedge. At least I wouldn't take Hall, but... I've been playing it a bunch, and opponents tend to shoot and kill Wedge first, which I think is usually the right call. Like, if you don't want to kill Han, you kill Wedge first. And so if he ends up tokenless almost always, and when you're tokenless, two red dice is two red dice. It's not very good. And it's okay to have a three-point ship, but it's not very good if the rest of the list is good enough. Um, I don't know if there's a lot that he can do there, like he's just not he's just not going to contribute a lot, and that's a lot of lists are going to have a weak point, and he is just the weak point there. I'm curious to try Hall, but haven't had the chance to. I wouldn't do Hall on that list. A lot of it's just kind of very maneuverable, and your white wing is just going to be caught out. It's a little, more of a point sink than Wedge. Because you already have Sabine to sit in the back to take the box. You don't really need another slow thing to sit in the back. So another question, just on so so what if they. And I, I see nobody's using it because it's probably not as good. But what if they use that config for those A-wings, right? Because that gives Wedge a little bit more maneuverability, right? He doesn't always have to shoot out the front. It does hurt your reposition per se. But at the exact same time, it gives you the preposition, kind of like Sabine does. And on top of it, they're both low initiatives or lower initiatives. How often is Keo and Wedge outmaneuvering anybody but maybe CIS? <laughs> you know, like it kills Keo to have that config though, because you you can't you you have to do like the two R's for that ability. Like uh, you know, because it's a red boost or a red rotate, so yeah, that's true. And it increases the difficulty of your maneuvers when you do the side slip of Keo. So you. It's a little bit questionable. Yeah, as a general principle, like focusing your strengths, and Keo is crazy strong for three points. She's pretty absurd at times when you get her like really going. And so let Keo do what she's best at and accept that you have a weak point and don't try to bring her down to take the worst part of your list up a little bit. 
I think especially if you have Prockets, you want to keep the repo option. So that way you can focus and boost in the same turn. Um, otherwise, you are entirely relying on your system phase reposition to get you the bullseye, and then you focus. Um, meanwhile, if you can focus into a boost, you have a little bit of wiggle room uh, during the activation to go line something up if you if you have the shot. I also feel like Prockets is the wrong call. And I, it seems to be what most people are taking. But I like the Kongs or Duke because, like, one Procket, you can you can go for the Dream, but even if you get the four hits, which is, like, slightly positive variance, you're probably pushing through an extra damage versus a range one shot, like maybe one. But something like Kongs or Duke can generate that extra damage multiple times a game. And I just, I think I find myself taking a lot of evades with Keo because I want to block and be safe, and that's the best choice. And I don't always have the focus because, like, my force is up. Why do I need the focus? But curious to hear everyone else's thoughts. See, I, I kind of agree with you. I'm the same way. If I don't have a dedicated coordinator in my list that can get out multiple tokens to Geo, um, then I'm going to trade out rockets for um, for better talent and uh, probably a cheaper missile uh, just so Kyo can, can survive longer on their own. Um, if I do have a coordinator, then at that point, I would go a little more offensive for pro, uh, proton rockets just because it does have a high ceiling if it does happen to hit. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I, I totally agree with you in your philosophy. I fly my rocket Kyo with Lando. And that's enough of a, a kind of at I-5 in order to do the maybe a target lock reposition or a, an evade reposition for that. Yeah, um, I like I, I feel like the procket works well if you have someone there to help her out. Um, so that way you are more like it, you like you are increasing the chance that you're going to get that payoff. I think if you don't generally and like this is what I see a lot of people run is just lone wolf and concussion missiles. Uh, Lone Wolf dropping to three is fantastic, especially with Keo who has a force. Um, so you can just run Keo kind of on her own. Um, she basically locks every turn, um, just threatens the double modded concussion. And then she also has double modded defense because she's I3. A lot of the people are going to be shooting at her beforehand. So she's going to have the Lone Wolf and the force for defense. And then whatever of those she doesn't use on defense, she then turns around and uses that on offense uh, for the three die concussion. Um, also the concussion missile at I3 generally going to be shooting after everyone else in your list, which means that the rest of your list, like Han and Luke have opportunities to push damage cards through to your opponent that Keo can then follow up on. Especially with Sabine being at the same initiative. So Sabine could even shoot first if need be. Correct. All right. Well, let's move on to Duncan's list here. And I got it up here. Andrew, why don't you go through that resistance list for us? I was going to correct Let me tell you. And just so if the viewer, we had Duncan on, what, three weeks ago? Was it three weeks ago, JJ? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Duncan committed to winning a store champ with, with every, every different faction. faction. <laughs> so I guess if he won this one, which I did not see until after I posted this, um, he's officially got two of them now. So, so Duncan did put a long rate up in Crate Cord about it um so i'll run through the list and maybe cover some of the things he talked about so we have poe and the falcon uh with his classic staples title engine ray gunner contraband novice tech and notorious 
Uh, Kaz, the best four points in resistance with Bucket, uh, Title, Lone Wolf, Advanced Slam, and Contramands. Nine Num in the T70 with Pattern, R6D8, the uh, Friendship Predator, Elusive, and Spare Parts. And Elo, the I5 Talon Rolling T70 uh, with S Foils, Predator, and M9G8, which is the locking uh, reroll. So Duncan wrote up a little bit about this. Um, Trying to find it here. I know he, he mentioned that um, M9G8 was always locking Poe and was was core to his offense. That you're using Poe a lot for the repositions, and once you have a reroll and Ray, you have max hits pretty much whenever. Uh, Poe is horrific to pin down. Like sometimes you just get a kill Poe, but once he has Notorious on him, which makes him much scarier to shoot with the I6s, and he has rerolls and Ray, he can reposition. He can barrel roll and boost. Um, and he's very hard to catch. Yeah, that's my one of my pilots on my go fuck yourself list. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love that Poe. What do you mean? Poe's great. He just does whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, Andrew, did he say anything on why he put Notorious on Poe? There's a lot um, of other out there. Yeah, and, and I know quite a few Poe players. It's like a big disagreement. Like, do you take Crickshot or Notorious? Um, I definitely wrote something down. I do like Notorious on Poe because it's very scary to other I6s. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find it in his paragraphs of text. I think JJ is all aboard the Trickshot train and I'm Notorious. Yeah, I, I think anything on the list incentivize an I6 shooting him. Like, it's pretty easy to just barrel up to Poe and put four hits into him like there's a lot of ships in the game that can do that but once they're now eating a strain for it and if they're taking the shot back that can be a disaster and you just trade down um i'm not sure about in this list though because notorious is really good when you have lower initiative ships shooting after like even if poe is already shot um like in the world's list i had you know like a, an i2 and i a couple i3s and i4 shooting after so in this list you got two fives and a four and that's a little bit sketchy i i think honestly the two i5s on here uh with ninum and elo uh being able to follow up on shots on a on a strained opponent uh right after they uh they gained that strain at i5 gives it um a, a little more chance to initially kill something um obviously if it's like an i4 that shoots at at poe you're more more than likely not going to get that um, or an i3 for instance um but if you're trying to take down the other opponent's i6 um and they take that shot onto poe uh, before poe gets to shoot i mean between having um n9gh to give poe a reroll notorious also gives poe another reroll as well and that really just ups the accuracy of post shots um at i6 if he's shooting at i6 or at worse it just helps neen and elo to help take down that opponent uh that other i6 if they do target poe so i i could see the 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 reason why it it does work um so it just honestly i think it just comes down to the preference for the player there trick shot can be really great um as long as you have enough mods to, to do that obviously having ray available in m9ga to affect at least two dice really helps with those trick shots um but you don't always end up getting it um, so it, it's just a preference, I think. And, and this choice, in this case, um, he, he did really well with it. Yeah, I, think I, I, can, I have a couple of notes here that may clear some things up. So 
Uh, it sounds like contraband and spare parts on Poe were not used very much, and he only got into Hull once with Poe, so I assume Notorious was enough to scare people off from shooting Poe, which may be a mistake from his opponents, but if it worked, it worked. Uh, and then he also commented on really liking Temin with HLC and R68, but he knew his locals would be bringing higher initiative stuff, and that's why he settled on Elo and Kaz. Um, which ended up being, he said, the correct call for the lists he played against. Um, but man, Tem's real fun. <laughs> Tem's I, a lot I, of fun. I, I love those. I like. I love the mm -hmm. look of those three ships. Um, mm -hmm. Nine with like okay, so like, I like Kaz is gonna be double modded on offense or defense because um, he's gonna have Lone Wolf. He's gonna be focusing pretty much every turn. I also feel um, like Duncan would put M9G8 onto Kaz, honestly, because that's what I would do in this list. I wouldn't put him on Poe. Um, I think Poe needs it more uh, just because you want to prioritize the repo. You're not going to be getting the focus as much. Um, so you will want the reroll and the force um, plus anything that you get from Notorious. Also um, objective dragging as well at I6. Correct. Um, but like Kazan, like you can flame around and fix stuff with Bucket, um, which is very, very cool. Advanced Slam as well. Um, like that is a very mobile, very hard hitting Kaz where he can punish a lot of enemy ships um, as a blocker or just as someone who can outfly you. Uh, and then both of those 270s being able to get uh, double modded shots really easily. Ella just needs to line up a bullseye and nine just needs someone else to line up a bullseye. And then both of those two have double modded shots at I-5. I, I really love the offensive output of this list. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why. Um, it did so well, and if you kind of look at the mission points, and I think this is something that um, that I was noticing earlier, and I think we'll get to it once we talk about Nathan's list, is the mission points and like how well you're like playing 20 points. Duncan getting 69 mission points out of what looks like four games means that he's like he's killing a lot of ships. Like he is going to 20, like he is aiming to get to 20 almost every single game. Um, which shows that you've got a lot of firepower, and I guess a lot of the lists that have just a ton of health out there. That's a really good, really healthy list. Well, one of the practical things he noted was he always kept his arc side to side with Poe, and I see a lot more Han play recently, and a lot of people are taking that arc front to back, and it's almost always a mistake. Like, there's very little... Like, if you are new to big base Falcons because they're new and they're cheaper, look at your arc. Like, if you're driving up the middle, if your arc is front... For side to side, you can get a lot of those ships in the middle just by boosting, putting yourself in the right spot. Like your your arc should almost always be side to side. If you bring rack with agile gunner, whatever. But for like the Hans and the Pose of the world, it should be side to side. It'll probably stay side to side the whole game. If it's not, you're gonna have to rotate at some point during the middle of the game, and that turn is gonna be a disaster. Ray Ray is the exception for obvious reasons. <laughs> sure. Right. But yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah. yeah that talks <laughs> for the uh, scavenge one too, because that's a red rotate. And that's, that's, I mean, you could do it while stressed, but that means you're double stressed. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Shall we move on to the next store championship? Uh, do you want to cover Nathan's list? We can. It breaks my rule, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yep. We got I, a lot to go through. We got a lot to go through. Right, I, I, I was just going to note that that was a list that in four games, uh, scored 46 points i don't i like i like i want to go through in roll better and look at some of those scores 
that indicates that this list is like that list is not good at shooting things, not good at objective play, or very slow. And I like I'd like to dive into those scores because that's averaging less than twelve points per game, and you still went three and one. That's great. Yeah, I think the big thing is it, it, I don't know. It's different because you have the two i sixes and two i fives, and typically we aren't seeing quick draws. The other i six in that list, um, which just must mean it's very tanky, I guess. Oh, uh, Nathan and Duncan took an ID in the last round, mm-hmm. uh, okay. and both got zero mission points for that. Um, and then it looks like Duncan 20 owed Nathan in the top four. So that is wow. probably what happened to that, those scores. Okay. There you go. Also, no outmaneuver Kylo. That's rough. It's an interesting take. Don't hate it. All right, let's move on to the next store champ that we have here. We have Dungeon Cat in Illinois. Looks like they're, they had four. They did not play a top cut, which is what kind of messed me up because I guess that other store champ played the top cut. Um, so it, it seems like it's not universal whether they're doing top cuts or not for store championships. So. Uh, in this one, we had the top two lists were Empires. So I guess JJ, good job there. Um, just kidding, JJ. Really, uh, is <laughs> is nothing fancy. Um, but JJ, why don't you cover kick in aces? I don't know if that's supposed to be a play on kicking asses. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we got a Galactic Empire list here. Uh, starting off the list, we got the battle. Yevon Dart, along with Soontir Fell, uh, with Lone Wolf, Crackshot, and Targeting Computer. Uh, then a Lone Academy TIE Fighter uh, with uh, Rack coming in as well, uh, carrying Minister Tua, Seven Sister, Novus Technician, Proton Bombs, and the Dauntless title to round off that list. Um, obviously, having two I6s in the list, especially Soontir Fell, that can double reposition, um, along with Rack uh, being Rack, just that, that big base body that can go in and do some real damage there having minister tua to always uh pretty much guarantee that uh, that rack can have that reinforce um a, even if it's blocked um as long as it's not stressed is really good seven sister being able to jam opponents as well um means that rack can potentially get those crits through uh with his ability and the reinforce there um you got you can have this list firing all cylinders and it can do a lot of damage there and then you can choose to uh try to face down that threat in Rack and Vader and Suntier. Uh Meanwhile, you got an Academy pilot side just going around the edges, just grabbing objectives as need be, and, uh, and it's, it makes for a, a very formidable list. Yeah, I think, I don't know, this, this, this list kind of feels weird too. I wonder, you know, so they had 86 mission points, so they, it must just be because they kill things. Yeah, I, I'd imagine that you kill a lot of things here with Vader and Shootier uh, being able to uh, focus in on a single target if they're doing that, or you can split them up, and Rack just helps deliver that extra punch uh, with his ability uh, if you're able to get the shields down with the other two ships. So, yeah. And two is so greedy on Rack to me. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Like, if you bump, you have the Dauntless title. You can reinforce regardless, and that's just, like, you can just roll up, take a lock, and then red reinforce if you're, like, damaged or something. It just seems kind of a... Not a waste of four points, but, like, other things is, you can do better. Is there, is there like, a cutoff there? Or like, is that not part of the list? 
That's I'm seeing like a line of text underneath. Right. That's his list. The other part says there is no. This list has no obstacles. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I didn't think you wanted to see that. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> uh, generally, I, I I like Tua on rack. Um, just because if you don't get blocked, and like you're uh, like eventually you're going to be in a spot where it's like, all right, we've got an open lane. We're just going to be patrolling here for the rest of the game. Um. And on those turns where you don't get blocked, then you are able to rotate to where you want, and then you get the reinforce, or you can lock and then reinforce. Um, and it's really, really helpful. Generally, uh, I see a lot of people run e baffle, um, so that way the stress isn't ever limiting you if rack suddenly no longer becomes um, like a threat. Like your opponent realizes, all right, we've put, you know, we've damaged rack to a point. It's not going to be worth it to kill him. Um, so they so they just stop shooting at you. You can start using e baffle on yourself to get rack back into the fight. Um, but I think novice tech is the two points um, that generally is where e baffle goes. And I still really like novice tech on rack. Fixing those crits is very helpful. I, I know we all love proton bombs, but I think you gotta bite the bullet and just take agile and drop something down. Like it's it's one point. It's so huge and you do telegraph pretty hard with the decimator where you're going but sometimes they just can't stop you it's it is absolutely worth the one point to you got to just find it there just take agile gunner the only thing i can think of is that they didn't want to destroy the obstacles they brought with they brought like agile size fix that's the only thing i can think of but also you have like another crew slot so i just bring up a different crew instead of a bomb i don't know I don't know. The list didn't include any obstacles, so I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think Andrew, to your point, I think the the proton bombs was suggested. It's like a suggestion GSP was talking about. <laughs> so somebody mentioned to me, GSP was talking about putting proton bombs on decimators on the last episode. It's yeah. good because uh, people will just chase your decimator to get range one, which is totally reasonable. And so you can like bombs are very effective on them, like fire sprays. People chase them to get the kill so it's worth having a bomb it's just agile gunner is so useful all the time that it's worth like put the squeeze and figure out how to make this work with with agile gunner i mean I think you, you, you get rid of minister tour right like, there you go i mean you can just run agile gunner and seismic charges right right yeah, that, yeah that's what i was saying but i'm not sure if you wanted to blow up the obstacles with like soon tier invader being you could run concussion there. missiles too, in, or concussion bombs if you'd rather. To Christ. Yeah, but then one block and boom, you know. Yeah. But it's a lot worse for them than you. Like ion bombs yeah. too. It's probably a lot worse for whoever's chasing you than for you. Yeah. I mean, like, I look should. at it this way. Oh no. Oh no. Rack doesn't get a, a green die because you have a strain. Like, what do you? What do you? What do you care? You, you don't have a strain. You don't have it. The green die anyway. So. It's not like it's not like we're flying callus here, you know. Like I would, I understand the logic with callus not wanting that strain, but you know, in this one, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And if you have concussion bombs, it now forces your opponent to make unoptimal play. So if you're going to burn bombs, because you know it's shitting out another bomb next turn, so like you know it, it's yeah, that's you when know. rack gets blocked. So he's just eating yeah. face down damage cards. Yeah. Hey. 
That's how you get two working. Yeah, there you go. Just drop <laughs> one conductive bomb, hit it yourself, and now you have two. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. All right. There you go. Good lord. Good lord, you're killing me here. All right. All right. All right. All right. Crispy, what does John Babis fly? Yeah, so this is the uh starter set Vader at six. Uh for the standardized loadout. Uh then you have Boy, Backstabber, and Mauler Mythel. Then you have Captain Faroff in the Tide Reaper with Disciplined, Captain Hark, Tarting Computer, and then Tomax Bren, the Lone Bomber of this list with Saturation Salvo, Barrage Rockets, and Bomblet Generator. So lots of lots of three die guns. They're going to be a lot of attack days. On Faroff. Why? I don't. I'm. You got two points left over, and it's okay. not bad. I mean, All a right. lot of people are going to be gunning for. Backstabber, Mauler Mythal, or Tomax first. Yeah, Farrow's going to outlive um, a lot of those. Just yeah, and so like, you, off. yeah, you'll be able to get good locks if you're not stressed. Or I mean, you could barrel roll. You could barrel roll with a Reaper. Um, and since you are I three, you're generally going to be shooting later in the engagement phase compared to every other ship on the board. So it's a good opportunity for you to, you know, for your opponent to just go after, chase down a ship. They'll sh- kill it early, and then. Uh, Faroff is the last ship in the round, and Faroff is going to be able to get a lock and be able to shoot. Yeah, I'm assuming you're running Faroff and Tomax pretty close together at that point. I don't. I think you run it differently. I think the the correct way to run them is to run the b- Tomax behind the boys because the bomber's easy to kill and is just better at range three. Like the bomber's best mm-hmm. range is three, and when you throw the boys who are very good at getting to range one out in front of them as a screen you now make the bomber a lot harder to get to because it feels like easy points, but you can say, Oh, fight me first. Yeah. Yeah. For now, sure. Like target priority here is you're not like you can go after Tomax, but if they do it right, like you're, you're it's not, not worth your time to get three points out of Tomax. Mm-hmm. Now question to you guys, you know, with the empire getting a lot more um, good three point ships um, in the empire, um, do you think that, you know, with Merrick still coming down to four, as well as Juno still being able to four, you think there are viable replacements for Backstabber Mauler, uh, to, um, to be like those other aces that can go in and do damage? Or you think that, um, that the combo Backstabber Mauler is worth it over the, uh, the other X-1s? And JJ, you love your just just Mauler Vader combo <laughs> so much. <laughs> I do, I do. It's just for me. It's like you know, um, sometimes you know, a bad crit chain can really disable it, and you don't always want to run um, Mauler with Darth Vader. Sometimes, just depending on the situation in the game, or you're just you're not able to just do like bombs or positioning or bumps and stuff. So sometimes having a self sufficient ace can can really help um deal with that type of situation so just curious on on your thoughts on on other four point chips i just think people can't list build so if they see all ringing backstabber because <laughs> <laughs> they're like this works perfectly regardless yeah i mean, have vader in there they're a seven point unit like you you bring them together i love flying them i think it's fun to have scary fast tie fighters but their time on target is bad and they're very predicated upon initiative killing and they're very variance prone. So if they get bad variance on either side, they lose their value quickly. And with the higher 
initiative in the meta right now. They lose their initiative killing, which means their defense goes down. And I just don't trust them. Like, it's not like one blank out with one of the boys and you don't get an initiative kill. And now they take a range one back. And now they've lost a lot of their value when you can take someone like Merrick or Juno, who is happy to float on their own, um, can take a hit a little better because of the shields and the extra health. Uh, doesn't have the tether. Um, I, I'm not flying the boys right now, even though I enjoyed flying them for many months. Yeah, I, I, I think the tether is really the biggest thing. Because um, like if you kill one, the other's output drops dramatically. When... In any other instance, you can have two ships in Empire that both run independently and will both throw three dice every turn. Um, like, you could just put another three-point bomber in there with barrage rockets, and he will shoot very well. Um, I mean, like, you could just make Mahler and Max Ever, uh, Jonas and Reimer, and now you have a whole bunch of three-die guns across the board that are now all double-modded. And sure, you might lose one early on, but that, like... And like what Andrew was talking about, the variants, you can lose either of those ties in like two good shots. Like it's possible. Um, meanwhile, the bombers are more likely to eat up more shots. Um, like like they have a higher floor for the amount of shots that they'll take compared to the ties. Um, and I think if that's something that you want to value, especially in sort of the lower initiatives where you want to maximize the number of shots that they're taking in that are, you know, right. not going towards the rest, rest of your squad. And then, you know, you're only losing a three-pointer out of all that. And then you're responding with a Hailfire dice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that one. I don't know. It was fun to run the boys when you could, but now it kind of feels like we've evolved a little bit past that uh, point. Um, but I would say let's not scoff at it because I do think it still does quite a bit of output damage. Um, I think they're good in a, the, the right list if you use them. Yeah, and I and I think it, people do need to be very cautious when flying against them because it can it can it, they can do the damage needed. It's just if you know how to fly against it, it's kind of like eh, I don't I don't know. I don't. How about this? I find them unfun to fly. There you go. I'm just gonna say it. I didn't. I found That's them smart. boring to fly. But I five fly your sprays, and if Greg were here, he'd tell me I'm a coward. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the last store champ before we get into the Pride of Mandalore. This one is out of Spain from Kingdom War Games, and I so. There was whoever was number one dropped before the cut. So they did two rounds of cut. The first player dropped. We're not going to cover his list because he dropped. I feel bad, um, but we're just going to cover the list for the ones that actually played in the finals. And we have, and I don't know, I don't know how to say any of these names. So, um, co <laughs> I'm not, that I, one. I'm not gonna that one. Holy real collapso. There you go. Alex, tell us what the top list that won the cut, uh, what does he have? Oh, it's a list after my own heart here. I love this. This is the Sean list. <laughs> uh so he had oddball. Uh the, the SOC oddball, SOC Wolf. Um 
7B Mace with Heightened Perception R4P17. Nothing too crazy there. Um, he had Click in the V-Wing with dedicated R3 Synchronized Council because you have one point over and you have nothing better to do. And then you had uh, the two 2.Z95s with dedicated. And it meets the threshold of having three dedicated so your list can actually function. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I do think this is kind of a staple list with Mace coming down to that five points opens up a different set of list building in Republic. Um, and this had this list has um, both of the two point clones. And, mm-hmm. and, and so the question becomes, would you replace those clones with a four point ship like another arc or. I don't know what else is four points that you can run or an Ada. Ada Anakin. How about, yeah. How about an Anakin? <laughs> How Anakin Skywalker? The I mean, question is, plays Wolf with Anakin that keep the Z's, but it's my style preference. Yeah, I like the list. I think the list has some legs, but you know, outside of you know Wolf, your your initiatives are pretty bleak here, comparatively. I just got a bunch of fours. They're all fours. Boost is a three, and uh, eyeballs a five. You know, the bulkier list, the four ships are fours. You're going to get out initiative on everything, but like you have a couple arcs, you just do it right. And the runner up was Hair. I'm going to call him Hair. I don't know if that's how you pronounce Hair it. Hair Doctor. Hair Doctor. Um, Andrew, tell it. All right. I, I wanted to cover this list because it's a three ship empire list, and I thought it was a little. This one feels a little out there, but Andrew, tell us what these two decimators are going to be doing. Yeah, so we got Boy Vader, Rack, and Mornikey. So we all know Boy Vader. Then we have Rack with Enduring, Death Troopers, Triple Zero, Agile Gunner, Proton Bombs, and Title. And then Morna with Enduring, Seven Sister, Moff Dlerdrod, and Agile. So Dlerdrod's the one who boosts you. Triple Zero gives your self calcs death troopers prevent you from removing stress during activation at range one of the ship so what they're almost certainly doing is diving the two decimators into the middle of the board um, forcing a lot of stress focuses and stress maneuvers or they're leaving you tokenless if you choose not to take it and if you don't have you know a, a three hard that's i think i did three hard may not even clear it. like i think it's a five straight maybe the only one that clears death troopers, um, you're just going to be stuck stressed. And then the next important thing is you play as slowly as possible. And you never get to 20 points. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you, play, you play four rounds, um, which as evidenced by the screenshots here, we did not get to 20 points at any point. Um, so you never win the game. You just let the game end while your opponent is constantly stressed and maybe you kill a ship or two. It's very difficult to decide whether or not I want to agile gunner. Let alone on two ships, you know. I don't know where oh, we're going no, next round. I'm sorry, nope. the game's over. It's the end phase, not planning phase. We can't play another round. <laughs> yeah. uh, Triple zero death troopers yeah. is dirty, though. Yeah, this list is uh, silly. I mean, I know you just go kill a decimator and then you're done with it. It's not gonna be fun. I I don't know. I think you scenario hard against it. Enduring is really funny because I think you all probably know, but. With a reinforce enduring will cancel a crit before a hit. The reinforce adds an evade, so it works in that way, which is kind of cute. Um, 
because you know I can't bullseye a decimator to save my life. You know, <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> so hard. Yeah, yeah. In, in, yeah. in case you can't bullseye the deci. True. I assume it's there because I took a crit. Now I just got to focus. I yeah. do think it's odd he didn't go for Oi or she maybe go for Oiken instead of Morna. I don't know what the loadout values look like. I, li I um, like Morna. I'm not gonna lie. I especially, especially, especially in a list that needs nothing to die. Like requires nothing to die. I I would much prefer Morna. Yeah. Wait. So does anybody does this list have legs? Is this just kind of one of those weird one-off type um, things? I mean, we we had double desis before, and I don't. I just I don't know. I, I in this meta, it kind of feels like <laughs> it. It kind of feels like you could just take them off the board. I guess. Yeah, I think it takes a certain type of person to enjoy playing this, and that person is not me, and that person also, I think, is not very common. And when I am preparing for a tournament, I am never going to plan for this list because I think people aren't going to take it, and so I think it's like kind of dumb, and probably I may lose to it because I don't prepare for it, but I'm just not going to... The limited free time I have playing X-Wing, I'm not going to spend a preparing for double Desi Vader. So you're telling me, Andrew... <laughs> You're telling me when I come to the Planning Phase Syndicate Showdown 2 and you're going to be there, I should bring this list, maybe changing in theory, because I don't understand that. I just, I don't understand that. I think um, you bring Double Decimator Gauntlet. <laughs> no one will be prepared. Oh for my that. God, Double Decimator Gauntlet. <laughs> this is my side slipping gauntlet. Let me try to railroad this track as I hit your ship. All right. I could bring Double Gauntlet Fire Spray and CIS. So just saying like it's probably better yeah there's there's a pile of set there that will win games where if you played it twice back to back you would definitely win the second game but you probably won't win the first one and that's not what i'm interested in playing and i think that's probably what this list is is that like it's probably especially in a tournament setting you're tired you're not you know you're not at 100 percent mental capacity you can definitely lose a game to a list like this because you just weren't prepared you know you just like you made a mistake turn zero and you lost but if you're ready for it, does it really have legs? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't want it to, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not a. I, I don't strongly believe in double decimator Vader, and especially with these loadouts. Maybe if you switch out the loadouts, it might be, you know, doable. Just... Yeah, I agree. So, does enduring cancel the crit from the proton bomb at all? Or is it only oh, from an attack? Enduring is one you defend. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I think. <laughs> all right, we're done with Star Chance. <laughs> I don't. That list just breaks my mind. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't own two decimators. Well, actually, I do. I have one in a box. I've never opened. Um, if anybody wants to buy one, I don't ever plan on running <laughs> double decimators. I just. I don't know. It's not. It's not my style. I guess I play too much CIS. Um, but I from wish there, for 1.0, all of Michigan was playing rack. It was great. Ugh. It was like the entirety of Michigan. Just everyone ran rack. Kylo. It was fantastic. Back in the good old days. Is that what you're going to tell us? I almost made the Michigan discord logo. Like, no, the, stop. The decimator instead no. of an X-Wing. No, stop it. It's about like everybody tells me about how bad or how awesome defenders were in 1.0, but yeah, it was disgusting. Like whatever, like they don't exist in 2.0, so I don't care. Better. 
All right, so let's move on to the Child of Mandalore. You're all welcome to stay if you want. You could drop if you don't want to go over it, but I think we want to go through um, Child of Mandalore scenario. I'm going to head out, but thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm also gone. Take care, guys. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night, everyone. All right, so let's move into the Child of Mandalore scenario. JJ... You wanted to cover this. Is that Children of Mandalore, is it? Yeah, it's Children of Mandalore. Yeah. Why correct. the hell do I keep saying Pride of Mandalore then? Because Pride of Mandalore was the 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 where the gauntlet and all the fang fighters and stuff came out um for that. So that's why. Pride of um, Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> so um this is a new scenario uh or store store scenario pack i guess uh that's coming out uh, soon here and uh maybe some of your local uh shops or stores will be running this event here i know that mine here will be running this july 1st over here so um i wanted to take a look at this pack here um and kind of take a look at it because it does give you a new way to to list build here um so there's two different scenarios on here and they they run uh, kind of similar to what we've seen before, but it does have a few twists on here for uh, for the game here. So the first one that we have here is called Best Car Recovery um, for squad building. Uh, during the squad building, you're you're going to determine which of the two players are going to be the aggressor and the protector, and each uh, each player uh, builds a squad up to twenty points. And uh, the squad has to include at least one non-limited ship, uh, aka a generic that's not pipped. And during the squad building, um, they choose that uh, that non-limited that, that generic essentially to become a child of Mandalore, which means that that ship gains the Mandalorian keyword, and it also gains a missile slot and an additional ten loadout points. And they ignore the upgrade slot requirements for Mandalorian key build awards. So, in other words, let's say you have a Y-wing um, that you choose to be the child of Mandalore, that Y-Wing can now equip Beskar uh, armor or uh, Mandalorian optics or run uh, clan training if they have a talent slot on that uh, on that ship as well. So um, this, uh, this scenario here um, has two sides. The aggressor is trying to stop the protectors from uh, recovering Beskar caches where the protectors are trying to recover as many caches as possible. Now, the... The setup here is a little bit different than what we normally see for, like, uh, for instance, uh, like salvage mission here. Um, essentially, uh, the the scenario marker, um, the central one is placed in the center, just like normal. And then each other uh, Beskar is placed at range, um, beyond range two from the neutral edge and beyond range one from the other other Beskar caches there. And then... Um, and then obstacles are placed as normal. So kind of very similar to uh, the scramble transmission. And uh, same type of scenario, uh, victory conditions, you got to have 20 points or more in order to win the game and or uh, the 12th round ends. Um, so what's different about this one here uh, is that at the start of the system phase, if the aggressor has any best card caches in the reserve, they must place them one at a time at range four from all other player edges um, and beyond range one of any other best card uh, caches. Now, in addition to the Child of Mandalore title that that generic gets, they also get a um, a condition card they can assign to them. They can either be uh, have a traditional war, uh, which allows them uh, to, when they perform an attack during the modified dice step, they can spend one of the three charges to uh, reroll one of their blank results, and um, the, those charges cannot be recovered. 
or they can have the tradition of peace where while you defend during the modified attack dice step, they can spend a charge and they do the attacker must reroll one of the crit or hit results of your choice. And again, you have two non-recurring charges for that there. Now, um, very similar to salvage, um, you can perform a toe action uh, during your perform action step to uh, take a, a best card cash um, if you are the protector, uh, trying and uh, and bring it onto your ship there. While you're towing in best card cash, you cannot reposition. Essentially, you can't do any barrels, boosts, uh, cloak actions, or slam actions, or gain cloak tokens. And if you do suffer a crit, of course, you've got to jettison that uh, that crate out there. Um, so, um, one of the added features for this particular scenario is the deliver action. So if a ship that's towing a best card cache, uh, performs a deliver action, if it is range zero to one of its own board edge, if it is not stressed, they can remove the best card cache from their ship card and score mission points according to the scoring rules. Then the aggressor takes the deliver best card cash and places it in reserve, which at the beginning of the following turn, they get to place that back on the board there. And only the ships, uh, excuse me, only ships controlled by the protectors can perform deliver actions, obviously, since they're the ones trying to get it there. Now, the scoring on this is actually really interesting uh, because if the protector uh, earns one additional points, if the the ship uh, that is towing that best card cash has the condition card, traditional war or traditional peace. So that means that you can end up potentially getting two scenario points or delivering it. And while a friendly ship performs a deliver scenario action, the protector earns three mission points as well. Um, so that is, that's even more points there. So this can actually accelerate the game and it makes that much more, that ship that's carrying that crate even more important uh, for you to go get that there. Um, the protectors also earn two additional points if the ship that performed the deliver action had been assigned one of those conditions there. Now, on the opposite side, the ships that are trying to go after the protectors to prevent them from scoring there, uh, they earn a, uh, a mission point if their ships uh, that's towing a best card cash had been assigned that tradition, a peace, and traditional war. And when one of the aggressors attacks causes an enemy ship to jettison a best card cash, the aggressor earns two mission points. And if the uh, the aggressors earn one additional point, if the defender was assigned a traditional war or traditional piece there. So if the, your opponent is going for that big score and you manage to get that that crit through to make sure that they drop that um, that cash there, uh, that is uh, that's pretty huge. You're able to um, get even more points to do that there. Um, and then additionally, when, for destruction, when a ship is destroyed or removed from play, the imposing player earns mission points equal to the squad point of that destroyed ship, just like normal. But if that destroyed ship had the condition card for traditional war or traditional peace, the opposing player earns three additional mission points there. So if you have a ship that costs like seven mission points um, and it's a generic and it had that there, you could potentially earn 10 points just from so, killing that one ship. I'm going to stop you for a second. <clears throat> These would have been very important when we were building lists earlier. Because that's crazy. <laughs> you don't want to put that on a fang fighter, right? Like, oh no, here it goes. Here's a here's a fang fighter that has all this other stuff. I I don't know. Like that seems crazy to be like, oh, let's put it on a gauntlet. Okay, no problem, right? But on a fang fighter, uh, I don't know. I, so it depends, right? Because you 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 want a little bit of both, right? You want a high agility ship that can potentially evade shots, but at the same time, you want them to be tanking enough to not get killed, right? And 
if you're if you're a generic fighter, which tends to be lower initiatives, if you're at range one, I, I gotta say Fang fighters do pretty well if they have a token and at range one with Concordia face off. I mean, they can do they can be that tank right at range one. So it just really really depends on how you set yourself up for for that uh, that delivery. So here's my soon tier fell, range two, bullseye. Exactly. Yeah. There you I, go. I, crack shot. I, crack <laughs> shot. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Maybe we're just trying to break this scenario too hard. I don't know, Alex. I mean, you're not. You're shaking your head too. Fang fighters seem silly, right? I just don't believe Fang fighters in general. Right all now, right. But all you right. Know. Well, Jesus Christ, you're killing me here. Um. But no, do you know what you put? Ah, no, we'll get to that when we do list building. All right. So this. This feels like an enhanced version of salvage. Am I incorrect in that? Like yeah, that's kind of what this feels like. Yeah, it's definitely an enhanced version of salvage. Absolutely. Um, and I'm not opposed. I, I'm not opposed to it. And you did not go over the um tradition of war, tradition of peace cards. Yeah, that's the when you perform an attack, you can. Uh, spend a charge to modify, uh, or rather to reroll one of your blank results with traditional war, or uh, for traditional peace, you can spend a charge to reroll a crit or hit result from your opponent, um, and you only get two charges for that one. Yeah, that one almost feels better, right? Because, like, it's yeah, every time they roll a crit, you just reroll it. Yeah, if you're an aggressor too, right? You want to um, probably use the the reroll one, right, for offense. And if you're you're the one trying the protector, you're trying to uh, definitely avoid those crits. So yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Qu another quick question. So in in the case of crack shot, right? Does tradition and priest trigger first before crack shot? Yeah, because crack shot would be uh, during the neutralized results. Well, crack shots even after that. Crack shot is basically the last thing you do. Yeah. Okay. So, so you you would be able to say, okay, let's say he, he you roll like two hits and a crit, you'd be able to go, all right, I'm going to make you re-roll that crit. It re-rolls into a blank. You can't re-roll that dice. Then mm -hmm. they they would have to choose if they have some other way to re-roll. They could, um, or they could crack shot your evade or whatever, uh, if if they wanted. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I like that. Can I have that in standard? <laughs> <laughs> I want that in standard now. What do I got to do? AMG, give us this in standard. All right. So that was the first scenario, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, the other scenario is um, it's called cargo disruption. Now, this right. one here. So hold on. I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Though, go ahead. Because, because we got lists, right? And to me, it seems smarter instead of spending the next 15 minutes of you reading all the other stuff for the other scenario. While we had the scenario right. fresh in our mind, can we go over the list that you have associated yeah, with the absolutely. first one? All right. Tell me which list to pull up, and that's what we got. I will go down the line here. So the first one here was uh, Rebels here. So this one is a 20-point list here with Rebels. Now, um, I had a hard time choosing a generic that I wanted to run with this one here, uh, mainly because there wasn't a, a plethora of options that I thought would work very, very well for this one here. So um, the, sadly, the Rebel Gauntlet is pipped, um, so it does not count 
um, as being the non-limited ship for this particular scenario, sadly. Um, so I went with the Lothal Rubble here uh, in the BCX here. Now, I um, it, it comes with eight loadout points. You do get 10 additional points on here as well as a missile slot. Um, I went with dorsal turret, homing torpedoes, and then Ezra Gunner to fill out um, that extra slot there for the gunner there, uh, bringing it to a total of 18 loadout points with this one here. Uh, being able to uh, double tap with the uh, after primary shot with Lothal Rebel at Initiative 2, um, especially if you're going after a particular ship um, that has that crate, uh, you're going to have a pretty good chance of uh, damaging it severely or possibly getting a crit through, um, especially if the rest of your list is um, is able to, to do damage ahead of time. Um, another good objective grabber that I think uh, is worth mentioning here is Sabine Wren, just being able to position herself in a better way to uh, grab a crate and run towards her edge, especially having a five straight. Um, I think that's a really great asset for her and having Beskar reinforced plating to um, help her survive that initial joust is really good. Um, I did have Kyo Benzi in this particular list here with Proton Rockets just to try to scare somebody away or at least distract them from grabbing my other objective carriers, but also another great candidate to grab uh, the best car and run. Uh, Wedge Antilles here, I went for a Predator and Marksmanship just because I do want to make sure that I have a ship that can reliably uh, push those crits through, uh, especially with Reg being able to reduce the agility of potential um, best car carriers and um, and get those crits through. And then, of course, Luke Skywalker um, with um, the Battle Yavin version with Instinctive Aim and Proton Torpedoes, really great way to just throw out uh, a torpedo out there if you just happen to not have a lock on them, and uh, Proton Torpedoes generates that crit automatically there. And uh, Luke with attack speed, a four straight boost is really good really fast allows uh, Luke to get into the fight really fast and uh and get uh, get some points so <clears throat> what if you swapped out wedge <laughs> what if you swapped out wedge for i don't know a y-wing that can ionize and i only ask that question right because if you're ionizing them you can stop them from from running yeah yeah that's possible i mean i would look to um golly what's that three point y wing um horton psalm i believe uh would probably be my my choice uh just because it's three points you're able to get the ion uh, on there the ion turret on there and you got two points to either uh put in r4 astromech if you want to um or you could put in uh, tier from Belling Run, if you want to just you know ignore some of the obstacles there and still shoot off your uh, your cannon, um, or you have different options on there, I think that would probably be a, a good choice for that uh, being at I four and having that ion cannon. All right. The next list you have is a scum list. Is this also a recovery list or no? Yes, this is also a recovery list here. So uh, this one here, um, I I was really undecided. I, I couldn't really decide like which one I, I thought would be the better one to go with, but I ended up staying with the ST-70 Assault Ship. Uh, 
generally known as the Razor Crest um, as my uh, as my ship here. So this one here uh, would get 20 loadout points here. Um, so I filled this one out here with Fenral and Han Gunner, as well as Contraband and Cybernetics uh, to round out that list. Now, I chose out that particular loadout there because you're, the timing for Han Gunner and Fenral are the same. So you can essentially uh, get a red focus, then use uh, Fenral to remove that uh, that stress if you're if you happen to go faster uh, than a full stop, and that allows the auto rim enforcer to either take a target lock if they happen to have somebody ahead of time and be double modded, um, or um, or take another action if they need that, assuming that they're not stressed already. Um, I loaded this out with uh, Lima Kai with targeting synchronizer and ion cannon. Um, this helps uh, activate Captain Seavor's concussion missiles in the event that he's not able to get a lock there. Um, being an I-5 and able to potentially um, outmaneuver somebody out the side, um, you can get that target lock for Lima Kai, uh, shoot somebody with an ion, keep them slow, and that could set up a potential uh, kill shot for uh, for Seaver with concussion missiles. Uh, Dirge also being I-5 with a boost and proton cannons. Uh, this is a really good hunter, um, along with Cad Bane, just being able to uh, generate those crits with proton cannons and uh, Cad Bane with Zuckus. Uh, able to pass off that stress if he does hit with that proton cannon uh, can really limit the dial of any carrier that wants to run away. Um, and then, of course, Seawar being able to jam opponents as well. I think this is a solid list. All right. So can I be picky, a little bit picky? Sure. Go ahead. And tell you I disagree with the Zuckus piece. What would you put in for a cat? I, I just feel the Zuckus. I, I like contraband and I like proton cannons a lot. Um. Personally, I think both of those uh, do a decent, let's say, a decent job, right? Um, I think the bigger thing is, is if you have that six point, right, you could run another illicit. You could run FTC, um, though that's not my style. You could run overtuned if you would like overtuned for the extra stuff. And with CAD's ability, you get rid of the, you could get rid of the strains, um after you shoot so you could let's say you only use two out of the three strain if you don't want to clear it next round you just have to be able to shoot initiative wise um otherwise you get that six points you could put into a talent slot right um and with that i don't know like to me i would almost be putting marksmanship and either thermals or protons bombs I do marksmanship Lots Razi. Because Lots Razi really helps with the survivability of Cat Bane. And it's not hard for people to be stressed. That's true. Yeah. All right. Like I and just it, played a game recently with Cat Bane with Lots Razi, and I think I saved like four health in just one game. Just because wow. they were stressed. I think that's fair. I, I do agree with you. I think that's kind of fair if we're looking at it. Um that way, like it gives you that different options that I don't think we've seen before. Um, is Lazarazzi really only five points? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lazarazzi is five. You put on marksmanship, you get more crit generation. You can use it with proton cannons. It's pretty nice. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually a very solid, uh, very solid crew, I think. Yeah. All right. We'll have to tell Zach about that. <laughs> oh, he knows. Like, he's stealing one of my lists <laughs> that has Cad Bane with Lazarazi in it. 
Is he? I don't. Yeah. He didn't play that last week. So no, not yet. He's he's gonna steal it. All right. The next list, JJ, that you have is a Republic list. Yeah, absolutely. So this one here, I went with. Uh, I, I was really debating between the Gauntlet and the Latch, and I think the Gauntlet ended up being um, unique, if I if I recall correctly. So I ended up just sticking with the Latch here. Um, so I went with the uh, 212 Battalion Pilot, uh, which normally only has uh, seven loadout points. Um, with the additional ten, it will go up to fifteen. Um, I went with uh, old class here, uh, Corky Crees with C3PO and fives, uh, just being able to enable the rest of the list there uh really uh letting the other ships like uh, rick Ale, which you can daredevil come in really fast to um to push in damage uh panmei and lumi um always paired together very well uh being able to uh, limit the amount of focus results that your opponent can um can uh, convert and equipping Padme with homing torpedoes and R7A7 uh, just to make sure they get those crits through on her attacks is also very, very good there. Contrail um, is there just to basically help as a defensive buff for um, for the rest of the list there and uh, and just be most likely the carrier uh, for um, for the best card they need to um, to just run away and just help um, the rest of the list uh, punish any pursuers. So yeah. I do like it. I have a slightly different Republic list right under it that we'll talk about, but I like it. The defensive, the defensive potential is really annoying. And then like offensively, just juking people with bad is just kind of filthy. Oh yeah. Where, where's, where is the dedicated? That's what I want to know. Yeah. There, there you go. Well, you need more clones <laughs> for it. So, I mean, yeah. All right. All right. Take I'll off just... the shield upgrade, put on dedicated. I, that was my first <laughs> choice. And then I was like, okay, what am I going to do with five points and, and a mod slot? Like, you put on Bash and uh, Ion Bombs. So you have Ion Control. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next list, Alex. Yeah. I see JJ didn't choose any of my lists. So it's okay. <laughs> so in this list, more of like a you know the Baskar kind of recovery one. Uh, this is Obi Wan. It's got marksmanship for the crits. It's got chopper for just defensive jamming. Essence Council because I have one point left over. And yes, yeah, so we go. We we chose the same thing. The two twelve lat. Um, in my head though, I can now that I have ten more points, I can finally put back on um, Seventh Fleet Gunner <laughs> for five points. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then put on like clan training because you ignore requirements for Mandalorian things. So you can have novice tech, clan well, training, agile, defensive one, and seven fleet gunner. There is a there is a um a a, a clarification that's to say for that, right? For that piece. So uh because you're ignoring the requirements in order for you to equip that, that doesn't mean that you you just add it on. You still have to have that slot available on that ship. You just have to ignore the keyword Mandalorian on that particular upgrade. So I would have sync council. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sync council. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I figured you got enough. You got a lot of crit generation in this list. You got three dedicateds, which is what you need. <laughs> uh, you got click for defense. You got, yeah, like I said, proton bombs. You got R7A7. You got marksmanship and you have seven fleet gunner. Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty spicy. I like it. 
Yeah, I think it's it's hilarious that you the two of you both chose two one two in in that list. Well, so. his is for a completely different role. Mine is just like, cool, I get seventh fleet gutter back. I mean, I did for a hot second consider an arc one seventy, but then I was like, eh, I don't know if they're if we will survive, you know. Or I can roll up with a lat that's reinforced and yeah, and support the rest everything. of the list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, thank you, JJ, for not choosing any of my lists. Sorry. <laughs> like, hey, Tanner, make lists for everybody. I don't think you chose any of my lists. Yeah. But even the next yours. scenario. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll add them in if if we want to go over the uh, the next one. All right. I just got to find where is the next one? What is it called? It's cargo uh, Disruption, I believe. There it is. I see it. All right. Tell us about the second scenario in the pack of Children of Mandalore. All right. So this one here is called Cargo Disruption Scoring. Or Sorry, Cargo Disruption. Sorry. Uh, so for this one here, uh, this one has a, a little bit of a asymmetric build in terms of list building here. So before squad building, the players have to determine who will be the aggressor and who will be the protector. Now, I will say um, the tournament or the event that we're going to have in our store here, we're going to do this as three separate uh, rounds for this. Um, so you do have to have an 80-point squad and a 23-point squad and a 20-point squad so that we can uh, play uh, all the different scenarios with your squad here. Uh, so, so for this one here... Yep. Quick question. Yeah. For your tournament, do you have to have the same faction or can you have different... You can have different factions, yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for this one here, um, so beforehand, you have to determine who's going to be the aggressor because uh, they have a squad limit of 23 uh, squad points. And the protector uh, player only gets 18 points for this one here. Um, same rules as the other one. They must include at least one non-limited ship. And during the squad building, each player may choose one limited ship to become a child Mandalore. Uh, same thing. They get an extra uh, upgrade slot. They gain the Mandalorian keyboard and 10 additional loadout value. And um, and they get to ignore the upgrade slot requirements for the Mandalorian builder keyword. Um, so for this one here, uh, you're placing um, at the start of the place obstacle set up the protectors, uh, the ones that have the lower points, gets to place a hyperspace marker uh censored at range three from their player edge and at range 4.5 of both neutral board edges um as shown on the uh on the map there then the players place obstacles as described as normal um and they cannot be placed within range one of the hyperspace marker um once that's done uh the protector of the um the list with lesser points gets to place five cargo shuttle markers from the supply onto the board and then at the end of setup each player assigns Child of Mandalore traditional war or peace uh, to their uh, non-limited ship there. Now, in order for you to win this one here, uh, same rules as normal, 20 points or 12 rounds uh, once that ends there. Um, now, the scenario feature for this one is called Cargo Shuttle. So it, it basically acts as a remote, and we do have a... Um, a, a pick of that later on a little further down um, that are controlled by the protector. Each cargo shuttle is marked with a, a number one through five, which presents uh, corresponds to the damage tracker uh, that comes with this particular scenario. Um, and when the cargo shuttle shuffles damage, instead of dealing a, a damage card, you just place a critical damage marker on the corresponding tracker to do that. So you don't have to uh, basically cycle through your deck when going through that. Uh, when it has the equal amount of damage markers on it, um, it's destroyed and the shield tokens for the 
the shuttle are tracked on the tracker space as well for that one here. Now on the front side, um, it'll, it'll have an arrow on it uh, to start the activation phase. Uh, the protector must relocate every shuttle uh, using either a speed one straight or bank or a speed two one or bank. And if the um, if the the cargo shuttle ends up using one of these speed one maneuvers, they can uh, recover a shield um, in exchange for them going slower. Um, so there is a little bit of strategy for for you choosing to go slower versus fast there. At the end of the engagement phase, for each cargo shuttle, uh, you choose one enemy ship and range zero to two and roll two attack dice. If there are any hit or crit results, the chosen ship sh uh, suffers one damage. And then the um, when the cargo shuttle flees or is removed from play, it is return to supply there um so, so yeah, hold but, on so when you roll that hit or, hit or crit right that's two mm -hmm. dice what's the probability on one dice 50 percent. i want to say yep. right okay so yeah. you still really only have, okay so you have a 50 percent chance of uh, suffering damage yeah you have 75 percent chance on two dice to suffer one damage mm -hmm. okay thank you yeah, uh, which is why the uh, the defending group has twenty three points, or you're most likely going to lose more ships um, because of these cargo shuttles uh, than uh, than normal. Um, so uh, dispatching the shuttles at the start of each end phase, if there are four or fewer cargo shuttles in the play area, the protector must place one cargo shuttle into the play area. The shuttles placed into the play area so that its rear guides are flush against any side of the hyperspace partner. So essentially, they get to respawn after you destroy them. Um, now, scoring for this one. When a cargo uh, for the protectors, meaning the player with the lesser points, uh, when a cargo shuttle flees, um, the protector earns six mission points for that. If the cargo shuttle flees from the protector's board edge, the protector does not earn any mission points. At the start of the okay. end phase, yeah, so it has to be on the other side. Yeah, because um, so, I was going to say, if you look at, when you said that, yeah. I was looking through these, and I was like, oh, range three? <laughs> Hard turn. All right, um, I'm pretty pretty sure I could get that, like, every turn, that's, that's three turns and I win? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the start of the end phase, the protector earns one mission point for each cargo shuttle in play that has one or more friendly ships or commando team rebounds at range zero to one. So this mm. is most likely the reason why the uh, commandos probably went up in points um, in the last points update, because probably for this. Um so aggressor scoring when a cargo shuttle is destroyed the aggressor earns six mission points so you can kill four of these and win the game pretty simple <laughs> uh when a ship is destroyed or removed from play the imposing player earns mission points equal to the square point value of the ship so meaning um you earn points against other enemy ships as normal and if the destroyed ship had the uh condition card of traditional war or peace that opposing player earns three additional points to that um to, for that particular ship so again uh if you have a seven point generic um and your opponent kills that ship that's 10 points right there easy peasy That's just the this is just the card then that we had seen before. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at some of these uh some of the list here that we have on here. This is your 18 points. Yeah. And so this is this is your Empire list. You have Magma Tolvin with squad leader Jamie Beam and targeting computer. Why you have targeting or Jamie Beam on there is beyond me. 
Yeah, just um, to fill it in. Literally have nothing else to do. Well, why not electronic? All right. Anyway, that's fine. I get it. Targeting computer. Yep, I get it. Yep. For squad leader. Yep. And then um, you have Gideon Hask in the Interceptor with disciplined, elusive, and targeting computer. Um, and the question becomes is why not use Crackshot instead? Well, if you're able to use Magna to coordinate uh, to Gideon Hask um, and he has somebody in ARC, uh, you're able to essentially coordinate a target lock for Gideon Hask. And then on his turn, he can uh, get a focus token um, as normal there. Um, and I wanted to make sure that this had a little more staying power since, you know, interceptors can pop. Um, so I wanted to make sure that uh, that they had some defensive mods with elusive uh, being there to help out there. All right, fair enough. You have uh, Fifth Brother with the homie missiles and FCS, which we've seen before, and then a gauntlet with Mando Optics, Swiveling, Rig Cargo Shoot, which I love, Seismics, which I love even more, <laughs> and, and, and then Tarkin the, and Notorious. Exactly, yeah. With those 10 additional points, you can fit in Notorious and Tarkin, and if you're not familiar with Tarkin, essentially during the system phase, you're able to um, first trigger Mandalorian Optics. You can lock an object uh, with that, and then you can trigger Tarkin, allowing the rest of your list to acquire a lock on that ship that you had just locked with Mandalorian Optics. This really helps set up everybody else to be double-modded as needed for this one here, um, and you can do a lot of work with that there. Uh, Notorious is there to help discourage people from shooting uh, your your ship, your um, your gauntlet fighter in there, um, so that way they can at least survive a little bit there, because again, if you're able to kill this uh, gauntlet fighter, that's going to be 10 points for your opponent, um, so kind of to make them discouraged from killing that particular ship, I felt Notorious would probably be a better uh, choice for that. Great cargo shoot went down to 3 points? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, God, we got to pull Eamon back out. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite ship during uh, earlier. Anyway. Oh, yeah, man. Anyway, sorry. Um, oh, God, three point rig cargo shoot. So good. So good. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so let's go on to the next list here. So this one is a first order list that I came up for this one here. Now, this one here was an aggressor list. This one builds up to 23 points here. Uh, so the generic that I came up with, I actually had a hard time uh, deciding on here. Uh, the first order um, has a couple of ships that are, are could be worthwhile for generics. I originally thought a C-class shuttle, um, but if I wanted this to, um, to go fast and really uh, get into the mix, I actually decided on on the first order uh, bomber uh, instead for this one because it does have that system phase boost and you can do a four straight um, so you can really cover a lot of ground on there. So I um, I equipped this one here uh, since it has 17 loadout points. I gave it blazer bomb, uh, deuterium fuel cells and best car plating as well as seismic charges go- to go along with the blazer bomb. Um, so you can essentially a one turn uh, drop a blaze bomb um, and then the follow-up turns uh, after the bomb uh, explodes and leaves the blaze there, you can set up a seismic charge to blow that up later uh, as well if you wanted to do that. And since it's very big, you have a very big area effect for that bomb uh, once it comes out there. 
joining that um, that list here, uh, we got the uh, Ty Sen- or the Ty Whisper version of Kylo Ren with Malice Concussion Missiles and Advanced Optics, uh, Midnight with Tarkin Synchronizer Marksmanship Fanatical, uh, Malaris with Cluster Missiles, and then Lieutenant Gaelic with Ion Cannon and Biohex Script Codes, and then Quick Draw with Fanatical Proud Tradition Special Forces Gunner, Deuterium Fuel Cells, and Fire Control System to round off that list there. So I think I would take Midnight and I I would take Midnight and have Squad Leader for the coordinate, just personally. That's just me though. Do you think having two impossible coordinate ships in the list is worth it? Yes. Coordinate the coordinate. Because Midnight does without the missile slot, Midnight's a two dice gun. It's just it's not Midnight's not an effective aggressor. Like if 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 you're gonna put you you could put Scorch in that list instead, right? Like or DT, probably Scorch. You probably put Scorch over DT. Um, although I yeah. like DT better personally, but I think you just put Scorch in there. And I to me that if you want the offense, it's Scorch. If you want the coordinator. Some of me thinks having two coordinators in that list is probably okay. I think. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Because Lieutenant Gale is Gaelic going to coordinate every turn? Uh, no. It's only when somebody but if one dies. Of your ships fall. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. Midnight then becomes your guaranteed coordinator every turn. And so you, 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 if the other option to me is you could get rid of that first order candidate. Like if you don't want the Z shuttle and that's your coordinator and then midnight essentially becomes a uh, scorch. Um, I just don't think midnight puts out enough damage personally. And midnight is midnight's value is the coordination and it could, cause it can help. I mean, can you imagine a Lieutenant Kerlick with a target lock? Um, and a focus for for ion cannon, and and then whatever the hell you're shooting at just sits there. I I, I don't know. Like that seems pretty good to me. Or you could give Malaris. You essentially can make Malaris not have to spend Malaris charges during it because you could give Malaris a focus and a target lock, and then Malaris has the ability to do what Malaris wants to do, and can save Malaris charges for later, right? And then Malaris is a more effective gun in the end game or survivable piece in the end game with charges at the end. But that's just me. Yeah. I don't kind of want to run this list anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So going on to the next list here, uh, this one is, I believe, Alex. Uh, Alex yes. Yeah. yes, this is an 18 point. Uh, list. So I figure we need a generic, right? So we just put a Falcon in there. (laughs) You know, it's got 10 extra points. You can, uh, you know, put put useful things on there. You can put like a shield upgrade. You can have barrage rockets because it gains the missile slots. So you can have your arc to the side and have barrage rockets out the front. That's gross. (laughs) Yeah, pretend you're, you know, the resistance bomber, except for you're actually useful and good. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then equip it with best car <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, hold on hold, hold on one second so if you put ray right and yeah. you put barrage rockets on there you still have four points less left mm-hmm. right 
yeah, you can have like Mando Optics and uh, like a one point talon. Or yep. recline training if you want. Oh my <laughs> um, god. Yeah. You can do that as well. I don't it, mm, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd probably do something like a uh, Bascar. Yeah, Bascar. Uh, just yeah. In, in case you have someone in your front arc. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of stuff you can you can mess around with there. It's kind of silly. Um, also, you have Snap Waxley, HLC R sixty eight, Kaz, uh, just enduring with Bucket. You take the fuel leak, you flip it up, you cancel with enduring. It's, it's a bunch of silly things you can do with that. But Tally, uh, Tally does not specify friendly ship or anything. Tally says when you bullseye someone. Uh, the defender rolls an extra die. And if your defender's a shuttle, it's still a defender. It's not a ship or anything like that. It's not friendly. It's not limited to that. So you actually get to roll two dice with your ship if you really wanted to, which is why I have Tally in there over uh, their plethora of four-point ships I could have put in there. Kind of silly. And I yeah, love me some I, I like the Tally. In, in this this type of build, I think Tally's really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just noticed, you know, there's like a little, little bit of a loot loophole there. Kaz can be very frustrating. He can live a lot longer than you want him to, especially when everyone else is such high initiative nowadays. And then also you have a Falcon. <laughs> like they can shoot at the Falcon all day they want, by all means. You're, you're sinking a lot of ships to get that extra bonus points for that. Now, when, when Kaz is attacking the cargo shuttle, he doesn't get the additional die, right? Since they don't have an initiative, right? Well, this is the protecting list. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Protectors. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so he doesn't care. But yeah, yeah. Doesn't care. yeah, I would assume he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, this is for, you know, protecting it. So I think that's just a little sneaky little. I mean, if you really wanted to, I guess you could run four threes with this list. But I think that's just worse than running three fours, especially yeah. with Tally in there. So, right. Yeah, because it gives you that offensive firepower, right, to be able to still take stuff off the board. So, yeah. all right, JJ. All right. So, what this about one, the CIS list? This one is also a protector list as well. This is an eighteen point list here. So for the um, for the generic here, I really was on the fence between a Belbalab that can take both Impervium and Beskar um, or the HMP Separate Predator. I ended up going with this just because you get more loadout value and slots with this one here. Um, so I equipped this one here with Electro Chaff Missiles, Afterburners, and Discord Missiles um, on this particular one here. Um, you're able to, um, they're deceptively fast. You could do a five straight with that HMP. Um, do an afterburners if you want, and then set up a electro chaff missile for the second one there to help jam uh, the enemy ships there, and then follow that with a discord missile on the same turn as well. Um, funny fact is you can also do the uh, side slip three and then afterburners uh, with the HMP if you wanted to as well. Uh, that's pretty gross. Uh, uh, pairing this up here was with uh, Dirge with Predator, Proton Cannons, and Contramine Cybernetics. Uh, kind of iffy on the predator on dirge but i couldn't really think of anything like um right off the bat like quickly uh cad bane with marksmanship proton cannons engine upgrade and connernets uh to help um slow down those ships uh, or any ship that might get into the path of the connernet there um and then two bombardment drones with cluster mines and delayed fuses 
to help uh, block off the path uh, for potential aggressors that may come in to uh, attack the uh, the shuttles or my ships there uh, to round off that 18 points there. So, I don't know. And again, I think the engine upgrade on CAD, I don't I I just fly it different, I guess. I, so uh, the the reason why I have it on there is mainly for when CAD's ability triggers, right? There's times where um, you want to boost into a position or boost out of the position um, when CAD already has a stress. And if you don't have that engine upgrade, then you end up double stressing your CAD. Um, so in my times that I played with CAD um, on a different list that I have, um, the engine upgrade has been very, very key to still boost CAD while he's stressed and um, only have that single stress. So that's that's the reason why I keep it on there, just to give that option to CAD to have that uh, white boost. I guess. I don't know. It's not my, not my style. Not my style. So you didn't have a list, a 23-point list, did you? Uh, no, I never got, I didn't get a chance to finish it. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, so I mean, the first order technically, but yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. First order is 23. Yeah. All right, well, then I will give one of my lists because you didn't give your. Yeah. So if you scroll down, you get your, uh, your rebel list. <coughs> it looks like. Yeah, but I've posts in here. Yeah, so this is this is a a list I kind of had built. Um, I don't know how good it is. It is going with the vector cannons, Keo. So Christ, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like no, you can take fine. it off there. It's no, just it's good. It's, it's just good. it's me trying to appease Alex with with still having my just my disrespect the Alex. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I chose an Ezra Gauntlet with the child Lando. Contraband and Knight Brother. Um, Sabine with Beskar. Bodica with Clan Chaining. Optics, Hopeful, Beskar. Um, I don't know if that's the best use of Bodica's ability, right? But I, I I like the Hopeful aspect on there um, with the weird Beskar plating aspect. So not 100% sold on it, but I kind of think it's um, a little silly, right? Uh, then we have the B-12 Squadron and the generic for that. And this is this is where it, it changes, right? It gets synced laser cannon and plasmas. I don't know if that's good or not, but that's what I was putting on there. Sync laser and plasma, fire control. You're basically able to get off um, your plasma shot, right? And then you could take your sync laser cannon shot. You're never going to be yeah. calculating, but it's like two, three dice shots um, without being a main uh, one. You get fire control on the first one and hopefully your focus uh, that you take or whatever you take on the second one. Um, then I have Thane, and this is just silly. Uh, you, there's probably better builds for Thane, but I thought that eye shot would be hilarious for the crit <laughs> aspect. Um, so much disrespect, yeah. <laughs> but I I really don't think it's good. But I just think it's hilarious, right? Like it's there, just probably it's a meme. But in this type of an event, I think it could potentially be good. Um, then you have cluster missiles and chopper. 
And obviously the, the cluster missiles are there to just feel the chopper like we talked about last week. That, that's all it's there for. It's there for me to keep my Thane around. I just want my Thane to live. And then obviously the keel with the Prockets, though I, I don't know, I might lean more towards the concussion missile piece. It might just feel better um, if you have that large of a list. But the Prockets just felt like that spike damage, um, you yeah. know. Yeah, definitely. I like it. So I've actually been seeing a lot of Thane with uh, with Prockets because you could just close the S-Foils and boost focus um, and line up a bullseye uh, with Thane and shoot a Procket at somebody. I've seen that uh, being used quite a bit. Um, but I do like the um, the survivability of this version of Thane with Chopper and Cluster Missiles, just being able to regen that, uh, those shields there. Uh, with Bodica, um, I, I, I'm not sure, actually, because I've seen a lot more builds with uh, Bodica being flown with Hera um, and, and Squad Leader, or Swarm Tactics, rather. Um, so that way she can shoot at higher initiative. Shooting at her regular initiative should have four um i mean it it's definitely interesting because you you do have the potential to um to still do some good damage with Bodica um and hopeful uh can be really good to help boost into range um when you need to um so it, it just really depends but I, I definitely like this build especially that ezra with lando um i mean that could be really really good yeah to me i don't know like after after listening to alex for how many things about how good lando is i know it's not your falcon lando but it it does feel fun to do with ezra <laughs> like it's just like it's again it feels just like maximum disrespect right like you're not killing freaking ezra you know i don't know um i don't know i think there's probably other ezra builds you could have but all right, and the last list that we're going to cover, and then we're going to call it a night uh, here, is another Alex Aggressor list with Republic. Oh, man. Okay, so it's a Sinker Swarm, right? Oh. <laughs> because I'm just like 23 points. I have Sinker. Uh, it's actually also two I-5s, and the rest of the list is I-3, so that's really well, really well balanced. Uh, but this has Sinker with Ayla, so you can focus and then coordinate <laughs> Uh, which is nice. R4P and Synchronized Council. Synchronized Council works really well with uh, JAG because they're also both the same initiative, by the way. So they, yep. they even sync up even more with that. Uh, you just got a generic uh, Delta 7. Um, you get 10 extra points, so it's probably like um, R2-D2 and uh, Concussion Missiles. Uh, or you yeah. can do the R4P17 in like a Procket, <laughs> which is also really funny to me. Um, and then you got, yeah, you got SOC Jag, SOC Oddball, SOC Axe, and SOC Kickback. And it's all real lovely. You get, I mean, you get the rerolls inherently with Sinker. So it's just kind of just go over there and just kill everything. And, and you're able uh, to. You're, you're able to get enough guns to, to probably gun down a few of those cargo shuttles uh, pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you got six shots here, and they're all pretty pretty well. I mean, they're probably double modified. You see a sinker um, who has also focus and coordinating things, so you can still get your diamond borons off, just off rip, which is really silly. You could take the evade lock. <laughs> so so it's pretty that's nasty. good. I like that. You know there's a CIS version of that, right? Like you could, oh my god! Can you? Oh my god! I can run seer. I can run a seer. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Captain Sears. Yeah. And there's so many generics in here, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do a faction that you guys didn't really do yet. So yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. Oh, this is so. Mm. I figured yeah. that's a that's a six ship sinker swarm list with two arcs or well three and include sinker and that's not okay. <laughs> so overall, guys, what do you think about the potential for these scenarios? Is this something that you think that could potentially make it into regular tournament play, or is this something that's just better off as a one time event? I, I think it's cool. Um, I like switching up, you know, just game styles. Uh, you know, when I played like Halo, you know, I'd play Slayer, but I'd also do like Capture the Flag and Assault and all that kind of stuff. It's a nice switching up. I'm not sure if I would do a, a tournament of this kind of stuff because it's just kind of, I, I don't know, a little bit weird to me, but I, I don't think it's fleshed out enough. Uh, like, I think we just somewhat broke a little bit of that. I mean, like a Sinker Swarm. And a Seer Swarm both just seem really dirty, especially with the amount of energy shells and ion missiles floating around. Ah, like, you could also <laughs> run, like in my Republic, you could run a generic V Wing for three points. Yeah. And then take out Jag and Oddball and add either another three point ship or oh take out one of them and add the two Z95s, you know? So it's. <laughs> it can get silly. I don't. The game's, you know, balanced around the four scenarios that we have and i think switching up something that uh as meaningful as like running 18 or 23 points is pretty huge yeah i will tell you i will be happy when our our local runs this event i'm all for that i am not uh, uh, i hope sean does not watch this episode that's all <laughs> i can say i don't want sean to know about the the sinker swarm <laughs> Oh man! It's a sinker swarm that passes around focus and evades. <laughs> yuck! Um, With so, a cord. So th- yeah. But to answer your question, JJ, the answer is I don't think this could ever be in standard. But I think you could run a tournament like with it. And I think if AMG really did want to, they could put out um, like worlds invites or have like a separate circuit, and it would be popular enough uh, to do something like that. Yeah. How about this? If they made this a day two of worlds, or I guess maybe if we don't have a, a it might be a three day worlds that we have to play now. <laughs> um, maybe this is a day three of worlds. I I'm kind of sold on like I would play that in that. Like if I dropped out of worlds or scrubbed out, I, I would play that event 100 percent. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is definitely a fun alternate event that uh, that could be run. I mean, I, I I think this has a a valid way for at least AMG to make generics relevant again. And hey, maybe I'll finally be able to use one of those many um, alt art cards for generics that I have stacked in my binder, like never <laughs> to be used again. So, yeah. <laughs> Alex, Alex, does this bring Warhog back too? Maybe, possibly. Oh yeah! Congratulations, yeah. you get to manage to save the life of one person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If War Dog was in the CIS faction, maybe, but uh, I don't know. Uh, no. Okay. Just a thought, baby. Just a thought. So, all right. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. I know we ran longer than we have been running, um, but I thought I I don't know. I thought this was fun, um, and I really wanted to do this. 
if you are tuning into this later on, we are going to, I will be cutting this segment up and this will be a standalone piece um, that we will be doing. Uh, so you, you will see the children of Mandalore will have its own little um, thing in our Academy 101 section uh, here within the next couple of weeks. Um, I do promise I will also cut up all the points uh, things. I just, life has been insanely crazy. Uh, for me to do all the editing plus all the other stuff with my daughter and everything else. So I just have not had time to cut every one of those um, individual episodes up. But we will be putting those pieces uh, together as well. So we can have the points update uh, by faction individually in its own category. Either of you have anything else you want to cover before we wrap up for the night? No, that's it. Just hope that everybody has a, a fun uh, store champ season and uh, hope we get a lot more uh, invites out there for players to go out to Worlds. All right, cool. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back next week, um, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2100 Eastern or 100 UTC the next day if you would like to join in. Next week, we will probably uh, come back to... There is a couple of more store championships uh, for us to cover, and we will come back to look at some faction rankings. Um, you know, in, in, or, I'm sorry, not faction rankings. We already did that. Uh, we will be coming back to look at some of our art list archetypes and try to finish that series out for the month of June. That way, in the month of July, we can start a brand new series for you all where we will be covering a lot of the different scenarios and kind of set up and tear down and how you can win and different strategies for each of those scenarios. So thank you all. Have a good night. And we will see you on the flippity flop. Have a good night guys. Thanks for listening.